Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. Dawn, I have a very important question for you. Go on. What is your dream of beauty? I don't think I have one. (laughs) I'm actually kind of confused about what a dream of beauty is. Is it what you think is beautiful? A dream of beauty. I guess, right? A dream of beauty. Or is it like what makes you beautiful? I... The messaging, and obviously I'm talking about the ad for the fragrance. Cringe. The cringe. So so part of my major problem with perfume ads in general is the abstract quality of their messaging. Yeah, I don't really pay attention to that usually. I feel like it doesn't relate to me ever. Okay, so when Emily asks the the model who's going to be featured in this ad Mm -hmm. what her dream of beauty is, she says a private jet. I don't know what is that. I think so, it, I think we're we're headed just towards materialism at this point. I don't think it has anything to do with physical beauty. I think it has to do with materialistic things and what relates to being beautiful. And I think she relates to she's beautiful, so she gets a private jet. That's what I took it as, kind of. I uh, I I brought this up in the last episode that I really don't enjoy the way that Antoine is marketing his perfumes. You know, the whole wearing poetry bullshit. And then... Well, that was... I mean, she kind of put that in his He head. liked it, though. He did like it, but she... And then him him started. saying that his perfume reminded him of, like, expensive sex. There was that yeah. vague idea. Again, it's all things that are... I mean, outrageous. They're outrageous things. They're not simplistic. You know, expensive sex private jets everything is above and beyond it's nothing just it's it, when easy it's not accessible to the consumer yes it's not easy <laughs> so you know to the people that you're trying to market your product to like you don't want them thinking about private jets and right and i think because they probably can't afford either of those things and to be honest as watching this episode i immediately thought of like the jeu d'or Ads oh okay with yeah, Charlie here, Theron. Like, here's what I want to bring up. So I can't stop thinking for some reason about the one that Natalie Portman did mm. for um, Dior. Dior, and it's got uh, Chandelier in the background, which yes. great song, like banger. So I'm already intrigued. <laughs> right, and those ads try to tell a story. Yes, yes, and so there are parts of it that I don't like. So there were like moments where. The, there's some like nondescript foreign attractive man who's like I love you and she's like prove it <laughs> in that exact <laughs> no. tone oh in that tone because I was gonna say I don't know if I I had to that. I had to rewatch it because I needed to refresh my memory for this but she like yells at him she's like prove it and so like I find that pretty wait awkward. does she yes are there actual like Line there was set? dialogue in the longer version. There were shorter cuts. Of I was going to say the shorter cuts have no dialogue. lines whatsoever. So it's if just... you've only seen those, then you won't know what I'm talking about. But I encourage you to go to YouTube and type Natalie Portman perfume commercial, <laughs> and you'll find this. But I actually like that perfume commercial. I've seen a lot of fragrance commercials that really bother me because they just don't really awaken anything in me. But that commercial surely was... Theron awakens a lot in me. <laughs> Fair. Very fair. Just gonna say, her in gold, and she says it very... Like, I mean, she's got... There's something about her. She has a lot of charisma. She really does. Yeah. She she 
covers all bases for me. So those commercials will do it for me. But go on. Okay. Well, the thing that I like about Natalie Portman's is that it seems to hint at a relationship that's like tumultuous, but passionate. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody kind of has experience with that sort of head over heels, but maybe not a healthy relationship per Mm -hmm. se. And I think the the thing that makes it successful to me is that I can associate now a fragrance with this feeling. So when in the last episode, when Antoine was trying to talk about how his perfume reminds him of expensive sex, I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't understand what he was referring to. And now seeing this commercial that he has filmed for this perfume, I still don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what the fuck this is supposed to evoke within me. And even with their discussion about it, saying it's a dream, it's her dream. And she's like, wait a minute, it's not her dream, it's the men's dream. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, but she's dreaming of being beautiful and being desired. It took a little for me to sit there and be like, given the context of the commercial, this woman is literally walking naked on the bridge and Mm -hmm. men in suits are surrounded by her. And I noticed they're not particularly looking at her nakedness, Mm -hmm. which they definitely tried to make sure wasn't the only thing they were looking at. But she's passing through. I don't know if that's something I desire, like to be stared at naked. Yeah. And that's what Emily was trying to say as well. I wouldn't say it was sexist, though. Let's have a fucking debate about this, because I thought about this a lot. And whether or not... strong. Whether or not this was a feminist issue. Although I will admit that I was very much distracted by the final product where the woman turns into a dove at the end. And so, like, ultimately... The, the sexism matter became a moot point for me because I was like, what the fuck is this? This makes no sense. In the end, it had nothing general. to do with anything. I was so distracted by the dove that I couldn't really focus anymore on whether or not this was a feminist issue. Was that to make it more of a dream sequence? I, I, I have no guesses. I have no guesses about I what d- that was yeah. trying to accomplish. And again, where I'm saying like that Natalie Portman perfume ad where I felt like I could kind of relate to it or at least understand the feelings that she was trying to portray. This, I don't get this at all. Mm. (laughs) And it wasn't because I felt like women were being objectified in the ad. It was because the woman turned into a bird at the end. She did turn into a bird. I don't, I, was that freedom? Like a bird flying is often used to represent freedom or especially a dove. Yeah, liberation. I don't, I don't know. I just I felt like even the quality of the commercial. I hope it was a rough cut. <laughs> please, it it was choppy to me. I didn't like it. No, in a sense that how is that your final cut? Yeah, not the best. I, I mean, yeah, I I didn't like it. I also think that. Regardless of whether the concept of the commercial was sexist or not, it definitely got my attention. And it's definitely the sort of commercial that you would talk about and be like, yo, did you see that perfume commercial with the naked lady strolling across a bridge? Like, I think that's the kind of thing that sticks in your head for good or for bad. You now talk about this thing that you've seen. Right. Which is good marketing. So... It is. And... 
Emily made that point to say, she initially brings up the whole, is it sexist? Is it sexy? The whole thing. And she goes, let the people decide. And I understood that. I, I felt like that was a good thing to market, like to say, you know, if you don't want to be it put in this position of an uproar, put it that way. We'll let the people decide before you actually make a final decision. And that she then relates back to America. You know, she goes, America. You know, the US. Our country. Our country. <laughs> but no, she like her boss who, you know, we, we finally get a glimpse of her again. I have more on that. I'm surprised. But anyway, she's like, oh, nobody likes it here. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we are a country of opinion. Mm-hmm. How do we not like that approach? Well, because America is filled with prudes. I mean, based on this show in particular, according to Emily in Paris, we have a very narrow-minded view of relationships, of sex, of how all of those things work together. And the French just kind of look at us like, hmm, these peasants, like, they don't get how... And sexuality. You know, you know what made me laugh? Well, not laugh, but I was concerned about when Antoine brings up me too. Oh. And it was kind of glazed over. Well, and he kind of brought it up in a sarcastic tone, like, oh, is this a me yes. too thing? And yeah. I was like, my oh, dad does shit. that a lot. I don't really want to get into my dad on no, this podcast, no. but my dad does that a lot where he's like, mm, me too. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. This is actually important. <laughs> it's, you know, it took a long a long time, which that's, I think that's something that strikes a chord with me. Why did it take this long for that to be addressed? But that's a different story. Yeah. we different. I'm podcast. surprised that it was brought into this show and not only brought into the show, but so quick, like there was a quick mention mm-hmm. and then we have to drop it right away. Yes. Don't bring it up if you're not going to make it a focal point. Mm-hmm. And then we can discuss it. Right. But and then don't we just kind of left it up to the public to decide whether or not it was yeah. a, a Me Too thing. But I do want to quickly note I'm obsessed with the fact that the French translation of the Me Too movement is out the pigs. Out your pig. That's what it is. Out your pig. How did I not pick up on that? Sylvie said Sylvie it. Sylvie said it. Yeah. She said, like, our French version is out your pig. And I'm obsessed with that as a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag out your pig. Wow. Yeah. Why did, first of all, why did I not pick up on that? I just watched it today. You were probably but, really pissed about the whole, like, Me Too thing. But, like, yeah. no, Not I, in a bad way. Sure. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, no. Yeah, I think you're, because I felt that way a lot, too. And, like, I don't think I paid I'm enough I'm surprised attention. it was, I'm surprised it was brought up at all. Because, yeah. okay, you could say sexist without, it doesn't have to get that deep. Because you could just say, oh, there's a naked woman. You're objectifying think- her. End of story. It doesn't necessarily have to bring it into any category of harassment, anything like that. Right. Like, I think the ad could have been a lot more sexist, I guess. Absolutely. You know, like, this particular ad... I don't think I would have quickly... I was distracted by the bird, but... But I didn't find it offensive as a woman. No, I did not At least not at first glance. I guess if you look at it a little bit longer and think about the fact that, okay, the woman's naked, but the men are all completely fully clothed. But then him saying it was her dream, not theirs. And then you're kind of thinking about it and you're like, okay, yeah, maybe a woman wants to be looked at without anything else. Here's what I was thinking as well. So do you wear perfume? Sometimes. On a daily, not not regularly. 
same with me. I wear it every once in a while. I'm not really wearing it for myself. No. I'm usually wearing it because I want other people to notice that I smell good. Absolutely. And it may not... What are you wearing? Yeah. Yeah, it may not necessarily be men, but just, like, other people in general. So... And I do feel like more women pick up on when you smell better. Oh, yes. They're like, what are you wearing? That smells familiar. Something like that. I mean, a guy really rarely says shit. Rarely notices. But you kind of hope that they do and just, like, log it in the back of their mind, like, this chick smells good. Mm -hmm. So... I think that the idea or the strategy of marketing perfume as where this scent people will notice makes sense. This woman wearing this perfume, the men are noticing, that's why you wear perfume. Right. You want people, possibly specifically men, to notice. So I don't know how you market it as a like a non-sexist product. If it was a cologne, it would have a different aspect. I mean, again, we're going to go back to the masculine feminine thing, which was last episode, but it's a perfume ad, which is based on women and women's desires, which is what I get what Antoine's saying. It's the woman's desire to be wanted, liked, looked at, the Mm -hmm. whole thing. There was a decent amount of men in the commercial. I feel like there was one too many. I don't think there needed to be like six, eight of them, however Mm -hmm. many, but... If it was a cologne, what does the man want? The man wants a woman to Mm -hmm. find him attractive. Right. So you're going to bring in a sexy fucking woman. Like, it's all about the actual situation at hand. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to market perfume, like, just because this happened to be a woman's perfume, now we're focusing on the fact that men are desiring this woman in this commercial. But But if if it had been... And if it had been a cologne, that's what the man wants, too. He wants men... Not (laughs) women. Sometimes. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Fair. I mean, we should be more inclusive. It should be. You know, the men are going to have women lusting after them in their cologne commercials. It it just doesn't feel like this is a situation. There's not a debate. There shouldn't really be where, a debate. Where sexism yeah. comes into it. Because no. I think there are a lot of women who do wear perfume because they want to attract men. Yep. So. I think that's the point. Yeah. So possibly marketing to those women and saying, yeah, this is what this woman wants. Like, maybe it's not what I want. I mean, this exact situation. But, like, honestly, who wants this exact situation? And again, it was a dream. It's supposed to be a dream. Right. I don't know that Antoine necessarily thinks women want to be gawked at naked while they walk across the bridge in Paris. But it's implying that the women want to wear this perfume and be desired by men, which is fair for a perfume. I think that's actually what you're trying to accomplish when you advertise fragrances. So I don't know. I felt a lot of different ways about this as long as I didn't think about the bird because then I just went off the rail. Yeah, the bird was dumb. I mean, we could be (laughs) very frank about that. Just why? Um, And again, the actual editing of it was very choppy. I didn't like it. And given that that was the the main focus of the episode, there was more. Oh, yeah. There were other things. I just had to go there first. Because well, yeah. It was the title. Had we, to. we had to get into that. I had to. One of the things that bothered me about that sit-down lunch that they had where Emily was trying to explain to Antoine why Americans would be offended, American women would be offended by this commercial, Sylvie was eye-fucking the shit out of Antoine, and it was so uncomfortable. It was, but I think they had to, they had to put it in our heads that she's the mistress. Just a reminder. 
She's the main mistress here. Emily's a sexual threat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. To Sylvie. Did you notice the um, the raptor walk Sylvia was doing at one point? She was, no. She was, remember I, I mentioned that? I think it was the first episode where Sylvie walks with her hands Yes, up. I did notice that when they were walking. Yes. Yeah, because it was a long walking it scene. It was a long walking scene. And Sylvia, the whole time, her hands up like. Okay. I, right. And she had her bag in the one arm. Yeah. And yep, she, yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She did the raptor walk. That was, that's really bothering me. I literally can't unsee it. So it's a problem. Sylvie, she's so rude to Emily and Emily just smiles. And she's like, oh my God, this is so Sylvie. She like, hates the smiling. and the, But that's the one thing too. I do, I hate that too. Stop smiling. Like, okay, I, I'm going to side with Sylvie here a little bit. Only because, you know, and at this point too, Emily's whole thing, she's like, say la vie. It's like, Ugh. shut up. Don't. No. I know you're trying to make better of a shitty situation or whatever you think you're in right now, but you are the minority at this point. Just please go with the flow. Stop trying to fight it. I don't like trying to go against the grain. Yeah. And when you don't know what you're doing. When I when I bring this up that Sylvie's rude and Emily just smiles, I'm not defending Emily in any way, shape, or form because I, I bring it up because it makes her seem so vacant that, like, she has no idea that Sylvie hates her or that there's, like, any tension there. She just acts like it's totally normal and, you know, maybe she and Sylvie go way back and they just have this kind of relationship. It's really disarming and the fact that she keeps trying to make Sylvie like her really bothers me. Yeah. It's like, take a fucking hint. And when she invited her to that dinner party that Mindy was going to throw for her, I was, it reeked of neediness and desperation. And I just feel like Sylvie is not the kind of person who respects that sort of behavior. Sylvie is like the cat that pretends that it doesn't even see you when you're in the same room with them. And so you have to also pretend that they that you don't see them so that they eventually develop some sort of mutual respect for you. Right. You have to ignore Sylvie to gain her respect. And Emily yeah, just she keeps came, trying to like shove herself down she Sylvie's She came right throat. out and said, I work with you. I'm not your friend. Right. And that's a very respectable thing to say. Like there's a boundaries thing here. I don't want any more of that. Yeah. We're going to work okay together and not that's fine. To yes. like everybody you work with. Absolutely. And the fact that Emily was like, can I just ask why you don't like me? And it's like. She kept pushing. And not only did she keep pushing, you know, Sylvie says, no, I'm not fucking go. Like, I'm not going. And then she's like, oh, it's at this address. Yeah, I'll text you the address. Yeah, like, stop. Like she, yeah, that. well, that's what I mean. Like, it. She's trying to win, if she's trying to win Sylvie over, doing it by, like, being so desperate to gain her affection is not, it's not the right way to go. And she's pushing a lot of boundaries this episode, too, because she shows the staff, what were they, the commandments? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. They were, yeah. Commandments, I think. Those, yeah, yeah. they came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. Right, like, why? First of all. (laughs) They were all very offended by them, which makes sense. Again, you're in a different country. There's different values. There's different mm-hmm. ways about things. And she seemed very determined, which we didn't even get to really see the process of that. It was just like she walks in and they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't understand. Okay. So this brought up a couple of questions for me. I still don't fully understand Emily's role in what she's doing right now because... She's somewhat of a filler. 
I don't get it. Like, I'm not really sure because... So, their company in America acquired this French company. And so, I guess she was over there to assist with the transition, which is what Madeline was supposed to do. So, she's helping with accounts, but she's also, like, a manager. Because this seems like a very manager thing to do. Mm -hmm. To introduce a new code of conduct that everybody should be following. And... Nobody sees her in that role. And I also just never saw her in that role personally until she did this. I just kind of thought she was there to, like, advise or Yeah, assist. I didn't see her doing anything like this. It's not like she came in to take over this off. or But maybe that is what she was... It's just... It wasn't clear to me. And I still am not really... It's It feels very ambiguous. I was on their side. Oh, I, I mean, I was too. And, and part of that is also what we've talked about before with Emily, where just she's so unaware of the way she's coming off to other people. Yeah. And she knew that this was going to be a problem. So you might think that she would try to address it with them in a more sensitive way than just distribute this document to everyone and say, here are the new rules of our company. You know, follow yeah, the this. whole. But that was even weird to begin with. Like, why are there new rules? Like, yeah. like a set right. of rules. Like, it, I mean, yeah. it's not. It, it wasn't linear. There was one when she was reading at the, or when Mindy was reading it at the lunch that they went to, where she was like, fe- she even was, was like, like, you no, can't do that. Yeah, here. you can't send this to French people because it was something like no, like oh no inner office. With, yeah. Yeah, it's like, seriously? Like, you're going to come into this company and be... I mean, I guess if you're a large enough corporation, you can come in and say, like, these are the rules we follow. But I I think if you're anticipating any resistance, which Emily absolutely should have anticipated resistance, you would try to broach the subject in a way that's going to be slightly more palatable. Her method of just distributing these rules and then just walking in expecting everything to be fine, it makes me think she's legitimately mentally insane. How do you think that's going to go when just your initial, like, their initial reaction to you without even saying a word, barely saying a word, is not great. Right. And I totally understand because in a managerial role, I have had to deliver news to employees oh, yes. that is not going to be well received. I have to give you a lot of credit, though. I would probably <laughs> cry and crawl under a It fucking sucks, somewhere. especially because a lot of those decisions are not ba- made by me. They're just no. communicated by me to people. But that's why I'm so confused by Emily's take on this whole situation, because I would have been shitting my pants that morning knowing that that memo was going out. You know, if I don't have a choice in sending this out and I know that they're going to get it, I'm up the entire night before thinking, oh, my God, they're going to hate this. This is going to be awful. I have a problem. She has a weird way of approaching things and reacting reacting to things. And it drives me a little nuts because I wish I had that kind of confidence she has. No. But at the same time, I also feel like the self-awareness is so low. Yes. No. And and I had this struggle a lot in the first episode where I was trying to figure out if her confidence was something to be admired or feared. Right. As we go on, I'm like, okay, now you're you're just thinking of yourself and it's not a good look. She just doesn't seem like she's all there because anyone with an iota of self-awareness would realize that 
this was not going to be well received and that she should do something or the only thing i think that is helping her right now or in this episode in particular is she's taking french lessons finally she is yes. and but again even with that she is pushing boundaries that she shouldn't be she asked the teacher Want to go out? And the teacher's like, I'm going to charge you 50 whatever. Right. The teacher saw right through her attempt yeah. to just get some free tutoring. And I found that hilarious. And I'm like, okay, people are fucking putting you in your place at this point. It's one thing to be an American that doesn't know what they're doing. It's another thing to be an American trying to beat the system in a way that, I don't know. It's It seems like she's trying to just steamroll ahead. Mm-hmm. And make her own path regardless of what's happening around her and, you know, like, how people are responding to it. She just keeps on going on the same path and fuck all else. Well, I mean, and then she's also um, hoping Gabriel's going to help her out with the shower. I'm rather obsessed with Gabriel at this point. I love him. He's gorgeous. He's very beautiful. He's amazing. And I course i know showers douche only because i took french for six years sure. but i think of douche as something else I, we all do we all and do. so when he said that i was like oh my god you're making so many euphemisms right now right and he has that kind of smirk where you can imagine Tell he's that doing he it on knows, purpose yeah. yeah he knows what he's saying but what bothered me when when emily said that thing about like i enjoyed my douche or something or had a lovely douche and she hesitated before she said it so it's like she knew it wasn't gonna come out right and she said it anyway and then she right so out. it made it seem worse she walks out into the hallway and was like oh my god i can't believe i just said that and it's like well you had a second to think about it you literally hesitated just like don't fucking say it Ugh. but i do love him and i think he's gonna be yeah. uh again without seeing spoilers because i purposely am not looking them up He's he's on her side. He is. And I think, uh, I hope she doesn't fuck it up. I don't know what he sees in her. Um, I actually judge him a little bit for being attracted to her. A little bit. I, I give more credit to the guy she met on the balcony at the party. Fabian. Fabian? Yeah. That was him. Okay. I didn't know he had a name, to be honest. I wasn't paying that close attention. I watched attention. the subtitles, so that's probably Oh, why. Okay. So they're on the balcony and she's at the party. And first of all, the party was just all smoke. She walks in. It's Yo. all smoke. Um, also, the party was useless, but okay. So she's on the balcony and this guy seems legit. I mean, he was he's cute he and he's trying cute. to... They're both working language off each other. Like, yes. oh, what's American? Teaching what's each other. Yes. And it was, it was cute. I liked it. And then you see them walking the streets and they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he comes right and says... <laughs> He comes right out and says, I like American pussy. And it's like, well, damn. That's very straightforward. Yeah. And not what a translation. Taste. I mean, we, we he went right, right, right. for the I jugular think, with that one. Yeah, and he was like, I like your neck. I like your lips. He was trying to be vague <laughs> as possible. And I'm like, oh, my God, she actually let him kiss her. her. Yeah. I was surprised. Right. Especially fresh off of a relationship. Yes. Which, again, we still don't know how long she and Doug were dating, so honestly, we really don't know how And she, she was so be. hesitant. I mean, she could have had Gilles in the beginning, the busboy that helped her into the, bell, the apartment. The I mean, she she denied every advance from anybody that approached her. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that she so quickly let this guy kiss her, I was like, wow, okay, great. 
But then he hit her with that fucking line, and I was like, "Yeah, Ooh. oh no!" I know. I felt Down my vagina close points. up. Yep. I was like, "Oh no!" Yep. I did. I did not. I hate that word. And we fucked this up, didn't listen, we? Listen, for me especially, I can't speak for you, but for me, less is more. Don't use your words, please. And we discussed this earlier this evening. You don't need to use your words for a lot of things. No. Yeah. I feel a lot better that way. Communicate with your body. <laughs> That body language, am I right? Mm-hmm. But yes, that that was a frustrating scene because it does resonate with modern dating and just the fact of talking to somebody, kind of being attracted to them, and then getting to a point where they say something really fucking creepy and you're just like, oh, shit. You just ruined everything. really well up until this point and you fucking ruined it. So that was a little bit devastating. But knowing that she has so many other really attractive men after her, I just don't feel bad about it. I don't. And I'm kind of annoyed by it because it's like, it's not fucking fair, but whatever. <laughs> right? Like, why are all the... I mean, Do she's... you know who she's with in real life? No, who? If I can just interject that. Please do. She's with... Um... Wow, you interjected no, with this you I don't did. know. No, but I do. Do you know Malcolm McDoyle? He's been in, he's the main character in A Clockwork Orange. He's, he was in Milk Money. He's like the villain in a lot of fucking movies. She is engaged to his son. And I actually, Charlie McDowell, I follow him on Instagram. And the other day he, he doesn't post a lot. So he comes up and I'm like, oh, and then I look and she's there and I go, what the fuck? And they're engaged and I had no idea. She's not an unattractive person. She's not. I mean, she's so. also... What's his name's daughter? <laughs> Jesus, this is a good night for Why you. Why am I... It's late. It's I later know. than usual. I know. What the hell is her name? Collins. Phil Collins' daughter. She's Phil, Phil Collins' daughter. daughter. I didn't say... Z-Z-Z-Z. I know, I said that. <laughs> she's Phil... Lily Collins. She's Phil Collins' daughter. Okay. Uh, anyway. So... I don't, it's not like I don't understand why guys might be attracted to Lily Collins. It's just like, once you start talking to her, don't you realize that it's sort of... Facade? Yeah, like a non-starter. <laughs> just like, okay, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Have a nice night. You know what kind of cake I want for my birthday, though? A dick cake. A dick cake. I actually... I loved that scene. Now that we have dragged Emily through the mud, I thought she reacted to that situation very, very well. That was perfect. And I think that's what she should be doing. She should not be trying to bite her tongue and befriend these people who are so obviously rude to her. She should just be rude back to them because that's the language that they understand. Mm -hmm. That's how they're going to learn to like her. She has to bite back. She has to show she has a back. That was great. And their reaction was amazing. Yes. I loved it. Like, that's the thing. Like you're, they're testing her. They're pushing her around. They're kicking her around just to kind of be like, she was, but you know what? She was doing pretty well until this whole like commandments thing. That's what pissed them off. Well, she had a, a decent rapport with the two of them. I mean, I don't think Julian liked her. I think he no, tolerated her. No, but I think her. he had, yes. But, and then... Luke was Luke pissed. Was, right, Luke was pissed. But he was on her side initially. And then she fucked that up. Yeah. So, she kind of was doing better. Mm-hmm. And then 
it was a 10 steps back situation with yeah. the whole commandments thing. But the cake was amazing. Yes. And I their think... reaction made me laugh so hard because I wasn't expecting them to be so accepting of it. And realizing she had a sense of humor and could work with that. And that was good. Too. I think that is something that Emily could benefit from more of. Just playing into it playing the game and maybe that's part of her growth projection Mm -hmm. here is that she's just going to start realizing that instead of caring about being nice to everyone sometimes you have to figure out what they relate to what they want from you and give that to them instead being liked by people doesn't necessarily mean you have to be nice to them all the time some people like it when you push back on them and give them shit and use curse words and Stuff like that. So Absolutely. That's what we need. You have to be aware of what people are looking for. And Emily is not. But maybe she is growing in that particular aspect. It was a very nicely drawn penis on her commandments, it was perfect. though. Like the, when, I guess it was Luke who did that. Uh-huh. Gave her the thing. It was a very nicely drawn penis. You know, kudos. Can't see those in person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's nicer than some of the actual penises I've seen. So Same. one thing that bothered me about this episode was the fact that Madeline looked like a corpse in yeah. all of her phone calls. She's pregnant. She's not on her Dead. deathbed. Yeah. But she looks terrible. <laughs> and I don't know if they did that on purpose. But that whole thing bothered me. Yeah, they probably made it seem like, oh, she's so ill, she can't be in Paris. She could have been in Paris. I mean, it was so early on. Or at least for some amount of time. It's not like they don't have excellent doctors or hospitals where she could have gotten checked out every once in a while for her normal doctor appointments. Again, I find it just crazy. Like, I wasn't expecting to see any remnants of her like yeah, I felt like well, okay Emily took her place and that's it I just I felt like the way that they were showing her it was like she was some invalid in a hospital like she just she's pregnant she's not dead so Emily goes to work and she sees a box on her desk from La Perla. I knew immediately what that was yeah and she gets a note, and it's from Antoine, who I will, I would like to be on the record for this. I'd bone him. I really would. Yes, I, I think, think we the said whole this in the episode, last episode. I know, but like the whole episode, I'm like, I don't give a shit what his vision is. I, know, I, I was just like, stop talking. Just stop talking. Just go to bed. Um, yeah, he sends her fucking lingerie. And... Sylvie asks who this is from. She has to know. Yeah, right. I think she was testing Emily to see if Emily was going to be honest. And it was a quick nobody. You know, like it was... Yeah, and that's another thing where, again, I feel like Emily should have possibly taken a stronger stance on that and just been like, oh, from Antoine. Just to... Because I think Sylvie wants that. Uh I don't think she respects the fact that Emily lied about that. Yeah. I think if she had just been up front and said, yep, no, this is from Antoine. He must have really liked the work I did on his account. That's a bigger fuck you. Than ignoring it, yes. Than ignoring it. And I think, I think it's more of what Sylvie would have done in that situation. And I think that's what Sylvie wants. But yeah. anyway, I, I didn't necessarily think, and maybe you had a different read on this. I didn't necessarily think that Antoine did that to be like, let's have sex. No. It felt like a very... Sexually more of a thank you. He was man. going based off of the whole 
sexy versus sexist thing. Right. Like, he was almost more so it was more of a making joke. fun of her yep. than anything else. So I didn't Yeah, really I didn't think find that... it to be like, I want to fuck you. Right. Which is why it's even more bizarre to me that Emily felt like she needed to lie about it. Because right. Sylvie would probably have seen that. She probably thought that's what it was, though. Yeah. Like, this guy's been trying to get my pants and stay one, so. Right. Because Emily is kind of fucking stupid, so. Yeah, basically. On that note, I just, I have, like, a few things that I want to change about this episode. Go ahead. I will do it. Anything you can do, we can do better. Welcome to the rewriter's room. Okay, so the dinner party was stupid. We didn't get nearly enough Mindy in this episode, so I'm sort of pissed about that. But... I don't get why she threw Emily this dinner party. She invited all these random people that Emily didn't know. Emily felt out of place because she didn't speak French and everybody else spoke French. But we already kind of got that in the scene with the plumber and Mm -hmm. Gabriel. So, like, I don't understand. It was a filler. 100%. Yeah, I don't really get why. And then, like, Sylvia didn't even come. So, like, that might have been more interesting if Sylvia had shown up. There was no... She it's met, purpose met it, it right. She met she that met one Fabian guy. Or Fa- <laughs> Fabian. Fabian. She met Fabian at this party, but she could have met him at a bar. It like it didn't have to be. This it was weird. Situation. Yeah, it was. It was a forced situation. I didn't like it, so I would not have done that. I would have had maybe Emily and Mindy go out one night, and she meets yep. Fabian in a bar. A more natural situation. Yeah, because. It just was kind of weird. And and why Mindy threw this party and then invited all these people knowing that Emily didn't speak French and would be uncomfortable. It was crowded smoke. It was stupid. It was very stupid. It was dumb. I didn't like it. And then my other comment was about Madeline. Now that we've heard from her, I'm actually kind of confused as to why she hasn't been more involved up until this point. Yes. Because like I said... Clearly she's capable. Yeah, because like I said, there she looks like she's dying and she's just pregnant. And also she's very newly pregnant. So you're more than capable of mm-hmm. helping. Again, with the, she could have gone to France. She could have gone to France or and or have been coaching Emily through everything, like trying to help her. And yeah, and it seems more of a per- on a personal level than it is on a work level. Because she's like, oh, is Doug liking it? And right. she's like, she's well, like, we're not together. French yeah. Like, it's more of a personal level. It's not even work related at yeah. this point. And honestly, made me slightly uncomfortable because I, <laughs> it's not like I don't think you can't have that sort of relationship with a, a, supervisor obviously but red flag (laughs) (laughs) but like somebody as you wink at me across the room (laughs) it's a little bit different i think and especially given emily is in such a major transition time she's in a different country she's working with different people you would think that madeline would want to help her and offer any sort of assistance and the fact that it's episode three and this is the first time we've actually like even heard from her i think it could just be playing devil's advocate here she knows emily's rapport like she just knows how emily is right she's not trying to micromanage right so she's kind of like i know this girl is not gonna take shit from anybody and 
she is going to be able to fit in wherever she's thrown. Like one of those kind of situations it, where I pick the right person. I don't really need to babysit her right. kind of deal. It could be. But uh, again, it's then very frustrating that Emily isn't doesn't seem to be honest with anybody about how things are actually going. Because I think if she just admitted to somebody that things are not great, then she might actually get the help that she needs. And particularly with Madeline, I feel like that would have been a good time to be like, hey, um, I like I'm having a really rough time here. People are not treating me well. And I think she does say something about that, but she downplays it. She doesn't really say like how bad things are. I don't know. I, that's not really my rewriter's note. My rewriter's note is I think like we should have seen more from Madeline in the first place. And the fact that she got pregnant in the first episode and then then now we're treating her like she's gone away to like some distant country or right. place or like she's just she's like unreachable. It's ridiculous. Like yeah, people no, she should work. somehow be involved throughout every episode at some point. Yeah, and it didn't even occur to me until we saw her, and then I was like, oh wait, right, you, she is her boss, and she's fine. the one that yeah. should be here. You're alive, and you are perfectly capable of helping Emily with this transition. Like you're not on maternity leave in your third month of pregnancy or less, right? Because I think we're meant to assume that that illness when she vomited in the first episode was, like, the first indication. So probably you're a month or so along. Mm -hmm. Like, you're perfectly capable of doing your job. Yep. Even remotely. So I don't understand why they did that. Wheel. Oh, the other thing that I just quickly want to reference, because now that I was just talking about Madeline, it made me think about their initial conversation. She said something about how now that Emily is single in Paris, her life should be like croissants and sex. I wish my life was hey, croissants man, and sex. I love a good croissant. And, and I love some good sex, yeah, too. Yeah, and sex is good, too. So, damn. Yes, croissants and sex. Honestly, that should have been the name of the show. And there should just be more sex. Yeah. And less of whatever else is happening right now. Not opposed. I'm getting slightly more in, not, I don't want to say invested. That feels like a strong word, but I'm getting slightly more into the storylines. I feel like we're going somewhere. We're getting somewhere. We're doing things. They're not always things I like or approve of, but. No, I agree. (laughs) Like I said last episode, I feel like I could easily binge this if that's where we were able to go with this. Yeah, but we this have episode, to watch it weekly. So. Yeah, this episode ended at a point where I was like, kind of like, ah, oh, shit, I kind of want to keep going. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I had to stop myself, but we'll, we'll get there. And I hope the payoff is worth it. It got a season two, so we have to get something at the end. <sighs> I mean, discussions will occur about whether or not we're going to do season two. <gasps> We'll see. Okay. We will fucking see. But in the meantime, if you would like to weigh in on the debate about whether or not that perfy man was sexy or sexist, our email address is I hate it. Let's watch it at gmail.com. And then we have our new French word this week. Dawn's going to teach us our new French word. What is it, Dawn? Are you ready? I'm so ready. Parapluie. Wait, say it again. Parapluie. Parapluie. <laughs> is it one word or two? It's one. One. Okay. Parapluie. What is it? Umbrella. Love it. Oh, fuck. I actually really love that. Parapluie. Parapluie. Oh. It's very fun. I love it. It's yes. one of my favorites. Again, I've been picking only my favorites so far, so. I'm a big fan so And I'm far. already ahead next week. Like, I already know what I'm going to do next week, so. Oh, man. The suspense. It's killing me if you have to know what the next French word Donald <laughs> teaches is. 
please come back. Until then. Parapluie. 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 <laughs>